We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is February 13th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co host, Luke Sylvia. Luca, uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. You got anything romantical going on? What's the up? day of love? Uh, I don't, I don't know. My in-laws offered to keep the kids uh, for it. Maybe I don't know. We Valentine's Day not really high on my priority list, to be honest. Man, what a bummer! You're not, you're not into the day of love. No, every day is the day of love. Maybe. Oh, okay. All right. Let's, what's going on in the Luke Sylvia house? All right. Well, folks, um, we have a, a very fun and, and um, interesting episode going on here. Recapping some games from this last week. Recapping some fun things that happened this week. Obviously, the trade deadline is now come and gone. Uh, but something that we felt the need to, to take a couple of minutes to talk about at the top of the show here, uh, Terrence Ross, who was not moved necessarily before the trade deadline, the writing was kind of on the wall that uh, most likely was headed for some kind of buyout situation. And it was reported that that was going to be likely, I believe, originally by Adrian uh, Wojnarowski, if I'm not mistaken. Kobe Price has you know, confirmed those reports. It seemed like Dallas was a, a front runner if he was going to receive a buyout from the Magic. Now it seems like it's going to be Phoenix. Um, but Terrence Ross has been officially waived but i'm sure it was via a, a buyout with terrence ross but yeah after uh, seven seasons terrence ross um is no longer uh an orlando magic um it feels weird yeah. that we don't have like a one of those like he's no longer a nick or no longer a, like we just have to say he's no no longer a magic is i guess is that how we would say it luke i think so i think technically speaking that's how you would say it i it's it's um disappointing, right? But it, I think everybody is of the same understanding that it was time. This has been something that's been rumored for years at this point. 
his departure. So, um, you know, I remember him re-signing to his last, to the last contract that he did with the magic a few years ago. And I was ecstatic about it. There's nothing I wanted more than Terrence Ross back on the team. So to, to see, do you him remember go, him wearing uh, all the magic gear that summer, like before mm-hmm. free agency? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He loved it. He loved it. So I'm, you know, it, it, it stinks. It's part, part of that, the whole business of basketball. And, you know, at, at this point, you just hope that Terrence can go win a ring. Obviously, Phoenix being the seeming landing spot there. I remember he did an Instagram live, like not long after it was announced that he was resigning with the Magic, and he's in the in the car mm-hmm. with his wife. I know uh, TT, his son Tristan, was in the the back seat of the car. I don't know if his daughter was was born yet. I, I don't remember now, but I remember him saying, "Man, Orlando forever." He's like, at least that's how it feels. And he was like super excited to come back. We're fresh off of that 2018-2019 playoff run. And, you know, Terrence, he, the 18-19 season was like incredible, right? Like by all accounts, like a career year for him. Mm-hmm. And he his role on this team changed over the course of the last couple of years when the team kind of shifted directions but what was just so endearing to me at least about Terrence is that he liked being here he wanted to be here and how like open he always was like talking to the media like talking with fans like he was going to tell you what was on his mind obviously a very exciting and dynamic offensive player to watch you know the dunks the uh, obviously could change a game with this three-point shooting but what I will remember most about Terrence is not his play, but just kind of the way that he conducted himself in the media, um, just kind of the love and support that he showed us and like showed the show, which mm-hmm. we kind of had like this cool relationship with Terrence. And I don't think that's going to end. Like I'm, I know you and I are still going to be big Terrence Ross fans. I know we speak for most Magic fans when we say we want him to succeed in his next chapter and I'll be rooting for the Suns in the the playoffs for sure it seems like he he liked uh some tweet saying like welcome to the valley or something like that so it it seems official you know that's where he's going but um it's it's one of those things where like we had that tribute video sitting in our drafts for since (laughs) last trade deadline because we thought it was going to be then and the photo of him laying on the ground like throwing up the peace sign like I've had that sitting in my in my photos on my phone for like a year because I knew that this was coming at some point but it doesn't to me Luke it doesn't make it any easier it's still like even if you expect these guys to be gone all of a sudden they're not and you're like wow that guy like isn't a part of my everyday life anymore and it's kind of weird it's sad yeah yeah, I mean, like you said, it's something that you see from we've seen it be out there for years at this point that it could come to the to that that part where Terrence is no longer part of the organization. Um, yeah, it was weird. I you know being in attendance for that game against the Heat and not seeing Terrence anywhere. <laughs> like even if he doesn't get, even if he would have gotten a DNP, 
you still could see him on the bench. And I think that's what I appreciate the most is that I don't know that I ever thought of Terrence as like a very vocal leader on this team, a vocal veteran. We've talked about that, but he still is a good person to have in terms of your team chemistry. You, he's never going to ruffle any feathers. You never have to worry about Terrence and coming down the stretch where he is just racking up DMPs, knowing kind of writing on the wall, you could still look at the bench and the bench reactions. And Terrence is still the one standing up, clapping, cheering, like knowing that he's probably on his way out the door, but he loves this team. And I think that like, that's something you can't fake. And, and Terrence did such a great job this year, just like maintaining composure and just a leadership uh, that maybe we didn't see last year. Last year, it felt like there was sort of a distancing that he had made for himself and maybe not from the team, but from his play, just knowing that it was over. And he's alluded to this. This isn't news, but you know, this year was just totally different. And I, I think it says a lot about the future of this team that Terrence was still invested knowing he was on his way out. But I'm sure to some extent he wishes he could stick around because I don't know that a, a championship was necessarily on Terrence's mind. Like he said, like Orlando forever in that last when he resigned, right? Like it doesn't scream to me a guy that's going to ring chase, at least not at that time. And now I he's done his time on on subpar teams. And I'm like, man, I, I hope that you were able to go secure that ring this year because Next year and the years to come, it's ours, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know we're going to talk about you know the the Mo Bamba deal as well as we talk about the trade deadline, but it's like Mo is another guy that we just had guessed you know the last couple of weeks, like the writing was on the wall, and then all of a sudden, like you see the Instagram post from Mo, and you're like, oh man, like this is this is for real, like. This is a dude who we've we've rooted for for the last five years, and we're gonna root for him in a different kind of way now, not as part of our team. But it's like this guy is here for so long, and then it just we talk about this. I feel like every trade deadline, it just reminds you that these are are people, these are are human beings playing this game. Like you, you work with a group of people for years and years and years and then all of a sudden your employer's like hey you've been traded you work for this other company now and you're just like gone and not only are you working for another company but you're potentially moving across the country Mm -hmm. and for mo and for terrence who have like really planted roots here in orlando that's not a, a move that can be made quickly like terrence built a home here a couple of years ago you know i know that he's talked about that when he retires, he's going to live in Orlando. I, I don't know what that looks like. I'm sure for the rest of his career, he's going to want to be with his family. So if he signs a long-term deal in Phoenix or wherever it is after this year, like he's going to have to uproot his family and move them to wherever he's playing for the next few years until his his playing career is up. So um, we haven't gotten like the the mushy, sentimental post from Terrence just yet. He posted to his story a few hours ago. He posted like a tribute video that the Magic posted. And he said, don't worry, like a a post is coming soon. Like basically like, hey, I've got a lot going on right now. But he made it a point to say he is going to be making a post about the Magic. And I went back. I think he's like scrubbed his Instagram at some point a few years ago. 
because his like his Instagram photos, it, they don't go back that far in time. But I went through his Twitter and I don't think he like had like any kind of like thank you Toronto like tweet when he left. Now he played four and a half seasons in Toronto and six and a half seasons here in Orlando. And you you start to think about like when a when a player retires, like how are people are going to remember that player? Like think about Kobe, you think about the Lakers, you think about Dirk, like you think about the Mavs and most players, I think when you when you picture a retired player, you picture them in like a certain uniform. And I was thinking like, how are people going to remember Terrence Ross? And I do think for the large majority of people, it will be as a player for the Magic and you know, nicknames with, with these guys. It's like a, it's a big deal. It's like an iconic thing. Like 20 years from now, people are going to be talking about like Terrence Ross. Like, oh, you remember you remember the Human Torch, Terrence Ross? Like that nickname he got that nickname in Orlando, and I think that is something that's always going to be super special. So, um, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll post some kind of like clip from this to, to Instagram. So, Terrence, I know that you know we've already told you kind of you know how we feel, but um, we're going to miss you, man. We wish you the best of luck in Phoenix. Go win a ring, man. Nothing would make us happier this season than to to see you win a championship. You definitely deserve it, man. Uh, wish nothing but the best for you and your family. And you know, it's not goodbye. It's see you later. And uh, we're going to give you all the business next time we see you. So just be ready for that. But uh, we love you, Terrence. And uh, we're going to miss you, Torch. It sucks, Luke. You, you you root for these guys. And then all of a sudden, one day, you're like, you're not on my team anymore. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's especially as close as we are to the team. It's it's definitely kind of weird. Any Anything else that you want to say on Terrence? No, man. I uh, hope he wins that ring. I feel that. I wanted to talk uh, about our watch party coming up in a few weeks here. So another watch party coming up May, or not May, March. I'm jumping ahead on the calendar here. March 3rd, we're going to be at Burton's, which is located at 801 East Washington Street. When the Magic take on the Charlotte Hornets, we'll be there at 630. So make sure that you guys come out, circle that on your calendar. Going to be a good time again. March 3rd, 630 at Burton's, 801 East Washington. Watch the Magic take on the Charlotte Hornets. And I wanted to shout out Duvin. So I'm rocking the, the Duvin gear here. This one I, I purchased. They did not send this to me. Uh, myself and, and producer Kevin Tucker, we went to the, the Duvin launch party at the Heavy on Friday night. When I got there, I got there about 3.30. And I want to say there was like 50 or 60 people in the parking lot, Luke. And mm. I left there about an hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes later. And there were hundreds of people in the parking lot. There was like two lines, like it was like wrapping around and went all the way down to the block, all the way down to the corner of Harmon Ave. And I know people sat in that line for hours. I think they like sold out of all the inventory they had at the heavy, went and got more inventory, brought that back, sold out of that as well. There are people that I saw on Reddit commenting saying, I sat in line for two hours and then found out they were sold out. So, Jeez. um, Getting to see all of the Duvin line, just incredible. They do a, a, a great job over there. They did a fantastic job setting up that event. Uh, I didn't get to see any of the the stuff that they were doing at Amway. Did you see any of that? I know you were yeah. you were at the game on Friday. Um, what was that setup like? I didn't see that at all. Yeah, so that um, like the so the shop that is there right off after you get off, they come off of the bridge from the Geico. That little shop that they have right there as you enter. Uh, they had it basically, they had the line, the Duvin line 
lined up there for people to get. So yeah, it was out there. Um, so, you know, if you guys weren't able to, if you did stay in line for two hours, I hope that you guys went to the heat game and, uh, and were able to get what you wanted from that drop. Cause like you said, a lot of, a lot of sick stuff. I like that shirt. I got this shirt. I had to get the, they had like this cream colored shirt that it has like a similar logo to this on the front, I think, but with like the blue and like the neon green and the neon, like the hot pink. And then on the mm-hmm. back, it had stuff water skiing. Yeah, I'm like, well, I absolutely need that shirt. And then they have mm-hmm. this other shirt. It said, "Uh, like greetings from Orlando," and I think it's got like a big basketball uh, and like palm trees on it. I'm like, well, that's dope, also. So I had to grab all of those. So, but it was just a a great event. Like Duvin knows how to put on an event. Um, the line is amazing. Um, if you got yours, I'm sure you're super happy with it. Uh, all of the stuff that I got, I was. I, I didn't really know that much about Duvin before this. Uh, like, I think a lot of people uh, might have had that experience, but I'm impressed with just how like high quality like everything is from them. So, I'll be wearing this stuff for the rest of my life. All I wear is Orlando Magic and anime stuff. So, <laughs> you will see me. I'll be that 70 year old dude at public, smelling like he hasn't showered in a few days, <laughs> still wearing this same shirt, baby. When you see me, 50 years from now. Make sure you say what's up. And the last thing that I want to say about the the Duvin event, which again was fantastic. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, one of our listeners, but I want to share the story because it, it kind of shows why the six-man show exists. So first, uh, Kevin and I were, were standing in line to a, a new listener actually named Neil. Neil was super nice to meet you and it was great talking to you. And Neil kind of shared his story with Kevin and I about how he stumbled onto the show as he was watching ESPN a couple of weeks ago and they weren't talking about the magic and he's like what is this garbage like there has to be like actual magic content out there and he started looking for an Orlando magic podcast and he came across the six man show and Kevin and I were telling him like that's exactly why we exist because forever there hasn't been enough coverage about the magic and as the magic continue to improve there is going to be more national coverage of the magic but these guys don't watch this team and they don't care about this team the way that you guys do, the way that we do. So that is very much why we exist. But again, just want to give Neil a quick shout out, man. It was really cool meeting you. And it was cool meeting everybody at the the Duvin launch party and at the game this weekend. If you came and said, what's up? Appreciate that. And if you ever see us anywhere, please come up and say hello to us. Like We want to meet you guys. We want to make those connections and we want to hear your stories. So um Again, big shout out, shout out to Neil, shout out to Duvin, uh, just a great event. All right, let's get into the state of the Magic, Luke. The Magic went one and two on this week, bringing them to a record of 23 and 34. They are still the fifth worst record in the league. They are 13th in the Eastern Conference. Pulling up the standings right now, Luke, they are three and a half games back of the Toronto Raptors, three and a half games back of the Chicago Bulls. They are a game and a half back of the Indiana Pacers. The Raptors are 10th place in the Eastern Conference right now, that final playing spot uh, right behind them, the Chicago Bulls right behind them, the Indiana Pacers. So uh, our next three opponents, as a matter of fact, uh, or three out of our next four opponents, as a matter of fact, Toronto, Chicago in the Indiana Pacers throwing the Detroit Pistons in there as well. 
uh, after the All-Star break. But next couple of weeks here, the Magic have an opportunity to make up some real ground in the you know, lower part of the Eastern Conference as they're continuing to make that play-in push. On the season, the Magic have an offensive rating of 111.4, rather, which ranks 25th in the league. They have a defensive rating of 114.1, which ranks 21st in the league. Overall net rating is negative 2.7, which is 25th in the league. Luke, for the first time in three and a half years, I believe, the Magic have a clean injury report as Chuma Okeke is set to return on Monday versus the Chicago Bulls. Kobe Price reporting that. Um, and then we're, I know we're going to talk about the trade deadline recap, but this didn't really have to do with the NBA trade deadline. It seemed like it was more like G League. Uh, but the Lakeland Magic have acquired DJ Wilson from the OKC Blue. The reason that I felt that this was notice, uh, notable, uh, Philip Rossman Reich uh, tweeted this out, but he was uh, Milwaukee's 2017 first-round pick also played at Michigan. So obviously we have a lot of Michigan guys on the roster trading for a, a former first round pick uh, when the Magic are going to have some open roster spots. It just kind of you know raises your eyebrows a little bit. Maybe the Magic are going to try to sign DJ, DJ Wilson to the Orlando Magic roster. Uh, purely just speculation at this point. We'll have to kind of keep our eyes uh, on that. Let's talk about the trade deadline, Luke. Um, really the only move that the Magic made at the trade deadline was uh, being involved in a four-team trade between Orlando, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the Magic traded Mo Bamba uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers, received Patrick Beverly cash considerations from the Lakers, and then they received a 2024 second-round pick from Denver, helping facilitate the trade that also moved uh, Bones Highland uh, to the, uh, the Clippers moving Thomas Bryant from the Lakers to the Nuggets. Sorry, a lot of moving parts in this trade here. Trying to make sure that I get everything right here. Uh, as soon as the the trade came for Mo, it was like, whoa, like, all right, this is actually happening. We suspected this to happen. But Luke, what was your initial reaction to the trade before we heard like some of the other information that came after? Well, the first thing that that happens is like, Patrick Beverly, he's he's not someone that is a as a star in this league, as we know, but he is a guy that'll raise some eyebrows in general to have him on your team. And so to see him actually and like to be involved in a in a trade like that is was interesting. Um, but I think that, you know, it you look it doesn't take much to and this is what irritated me the most about just around deadline time in general. Nobody looks at contracts they just look at names and stats and it's like if you just look up Patrick Beverly's contract he's expiring this guy is not going to be someone that probably you know at this time even you're thinking or you probably were thinking either a this guy's not going to be on the team past the past the end of the season or b he doesn't want to be in Orlando like he doesn't he doesn't want to be on a team that's like still trying to find their identity and all that stuff like Pat Bev wants to be on a team that is, you know, going to be locked in for sure to the playoffs. So we'll see what what happens with Pat Bev along the way. But that was just kind of my immediate thinking was um, I wasn't shocked. We talked about Mo Bamba being the possibility of him being dealt. Um, and, you know, I, I think that 
we'll see what happens with him. But it wasn't anything that, that I was upset about or I saw a lot of people freaking out about it just in general. And I don't really understand why. But um, yeah, man, it's, it is what it is. Writing's on the wall for him too. Getting DMPs, low minutes. You're clearing salary. That's all this move was. Well, God had a, a really good tweet for this where people like the night before are are like going to bed saying like <laughs> trade Bomba for dog crap. And then they wake <laughs> up and they're like, what do you mean we traded Bomba for dog crap? Like people were saying like, get Mo Bamba off my team, like by any means necessary. And then you're mad when he's essentially traded for a second round pick and cash. As soon as I saw the deal come across, I was like, well, Patrick Beverly doesn't make a, a ton of sense for this team. He's right. not playing over Markel. He's not playing over Gary. He's not playing over Cole. He's not playing over Jalen Suggs. Like, kind of where does he fit? So I kind of figured that he was going to be headed for a buyout, which not too long after you know the, the deal was announced, Woj was saying that, I don't know if it was Woj or Shams, those guys going back and forth on the trade deadline day was pretty crazy. Although mm-hmm. recently I was like, okay, Shams is kind of showing Woj up and like Woj was like, you know, the the Michael Jordan meme, like I took that personally and went kind of crazy on on trade deadline day, yeah. but it was the he's not likely to, or maybe it was Kobe Price. I might be this and our boy Kobe. I think Kobe might have reported first that it I wasn't that likely right. that Pat Bev was going to play for the Magic. Yeah. So now that has been made official. the The Magic have announced that they are are waving Patrick Beverly. Officially, have announced that you know they're waving Terrence Ross. And Kobe Price reporting today, Super Bowl Sunday, that the Magic are kind of exploring. I don't have the the direct report up uh, right now from Kobe, but they're kind of exploring potentially waiving RJ Hampton to allow either waiving him or buying him out to help facilitate a move somewhere else where he can get more of an opportunity and, and get more playing time. Which to that, I say, like, yeah. I would be happy for RJ as much as. I don't want to lose RJ. Like I, I wish John and Jeff would wake up and be like, "Hey, like we're actually gonna like try to keep this kid this off season." Let's. I don't know how you would even find him minutes at this point, but he was playing really well at the beginning of the season. I think there is still a lot there with RJ, and I just hope that he does get an opportunity somewhere to to prove himself and carve out a real role because I I think he is a legitimate role player in the NBA. Yeah, and and based on what I've heard, I it it would make sense if RJ just goes to another team that's basically rebuilding, trying to get their feet under them, develop young guys like himself. I just really hope it's not like the Rockets or something. Like, don't send him there. It's dysfunctional. It is way different than what he's probably used to in Orlando as far as like culture. I can't imagine it's good over there. And John Wall talked about it, and poor John Wall got traded to Houston. Um, poor john wall i mean it's like it's kind of karma <laughs> yeah so we'll, we'll see but uh if you guys have heard what john wall said about houston and those young guys they don't seem pleasant to work with to play with so i hope rj gets puts anywhere but there truthfully and uh and I, I hope he gets it soon well i mean luckily like he'll kind of have like a decision of of you know where mm-hmm. he wants to go now how much That's interest true. there is around the league i don't know i think there there should be a some interest you know i know maybe not a contender but any team that is you know looking to 
upgrade like their bench guards, RJ Hampton can very much be that for you. And I think will develop into more than that. Like it, it wouldn't surprise me at all, you know, three, four years, like he is a, a backup guard on like a playoff team, like contributing in a real way. So it, it, again, you know, it, let's talk about Mo, I guess for a minute here, because again, they take this kid, you know, with the, uh, was it, was he the, the fifth overall pick? Um, and it just didn't work out, you know, fifth or sixth overall pick. I don't remember off the top of my head. And uh, it was the 2018 draft, but six, the sixth pick. There we go. Yep. I knew it was fifth or sixth. So J.I. was the fifth pick. I kind of always mm-hmm. uh, mix those two up, but it just didn't work out. You know, we, we were frustrated for years with Clifford here because it was like this kid isn't really getting a, a real shot to prove whether or not he can play in this league. And I think now we're like, okay, well, Steve Clifford saw this. Like Steve Clifford knew what Mo Bamba was like to his credit. But to Jamal Mosley's credit, like Jamal Mosley gave him every opportunity. He he started most of last season, gave him every opportunity to prove that he could be a starter in this league. And it just really never came to fruition for Mo. So although it was a miss of a draft pick, you know, that's kind of a, a you know, demerit on John and Jeff's, you know, managerial record now. And now we've moved on from Mo Bamba. It's another one of those things where it's sad because say what you want about Mo Bamba, the basketball player. Mo Bamba is a S-tier human being. Like Mo Bamba is a phenomenal teammate, a phenomenal human being, regardless of the circumstance and, you know, maybe some frustration that would have been understandable. He always said the right thing for his entire tenure here. And he's a guy that I will root for to have more success elsewhere. And uh, yeah, we'll always be a, a big Mo Bamba fan because he's a, a, a fantastic kid. All right, let's go ahead and shout out our patrons. So those folks that help financially support the show. So first of all, if you haven't heard before, we do have a Patreon community. You can join us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Uh, for $2 a month, you can help support the show, plus some other tiers with other, other benefits. Uh, each episode, we shout out our brand new patrons whenever we have them. We have three new patrons this episode, Luke. So a big shout out to Phantom Wolf 72 for joining our elite tier. A shout out to Irish Magic Mike. I'm very interested and I almost don't <laughs> want to ask how you got that nickname, um, but Irish Magic Mike doing a little uh, Irish jig, you know. Uh, he joined Ugh. our Hall of Fame tier, and then shout out to Austin Lampy who joined our Elite tier at the annual level. Just went the entire year. Austin hit me up the day of the the Duvin launch. He's like, "Listen, man, I can't make it to the launch party." He's like, "But I need one of those striped polo shirts." He's like, "If you can cop that for me and ship it to me," he's like, "I'll send you the money," and I'll throw you guys a Patreon subscription. Didn't say it was going to be elite. Didn't say it was going to be. I think he did say for the full year. I think he did mention that when he messaged me. But I was like, I cannot turn that down. So big shout out to Austin. Really, really appreciate that. Try to get that to you in the mail as as soon as possible. You see boxes behind me. I'm still unpacking my life here. But I'll get that out to you as, as soon as possible. So big shout out again. Phantom Wolf 72. Irish Magic Mike crazy name you're wild for that and then austin lampy a big shout out to our brand new patrons and 
each episode, we shout out all of our Hall of Fame tier patrons and our elite tier patrons. So we'll start with Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapon, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave. Wow. It's not OKK to say Okiki. Pierre A, Migzor's Nostalgia and M&M's, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahin 177, Bulby the Don, Himlo, Ban Himro, Arm Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Let's Spank Don't Tank, Soft Taco, Jesse, Barry M, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Phantom Wolf 72, Irish Magic Mike, and Austin Lampy. A big shout out to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. I think we're going to have to start like speeding that up like 1.5 speed when I read through that. Like when you hear these guys do like the uh, like gambling ads and they have to read mm-hmm. through all of those, like all 52 states gambling hotline numbers. And it's like, call oh, 187452 if you live in Alabama. We might have to start doing that because the list is getting crazy. We really appreciate the support, y'all. But that line is uh, that the, the list is getting pretty wild. Luke. Let's talk about this Nuggets game. Aaron Gordon, 37 points, uh, 50, 15 for 21. Nikola Jokic, 29 and 12. It looked like the Aaron Gordon game, like the Aaron Gordon revenge game. And to that, I say, what? why revenge? You wanted the trade, buddy. Like, let's just kind of chill, Luke. But uh, what, did, what did you think about this game against the Nuggets, the fat old W? It's a fat W, man. It's beautiful. It is not one that I saw coming, after, especially after the Knicks game. But as is usually the case with this team, if it doesn't make sense, it's probably going to happen. So this didn't make sense that the Magic would do this. It didn't make sense that Aaron Gordon would drop 37 points in this game and they would still lose. There's a lot to take from this game. The Magic, obviously starting out the game down 12-0, shooting 63% for the rest of the half at 27 for 43. You're up 16. They cut it to 10 at half. There's just some weird stuff happening in this game. The Magic showed a ton of effort on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the first half. They asked Michael Malone about it, basically like the message at halftime, and he said the message was simple at halftime. We're not playing hard enough. We're not playing physical enough. They're outworking us. They're diving on the floor for loose balls, and we're bending over trying to pick them up. So that really encompasses what the the difference was between the Magic and the Nuggets. The Nuggets rolled in as, what, the best team in the West? And they rolled in like we're the fifth worst team in the league. And that's only on a record surface, folks. We're not the fifth worst team in the league. But the Denver Nuggets kind of walked into it, besides Aaron Gordon. Um, also... In like looking over everything, AG and Jokic scored all 29 points for Denver in the third quarter. That was a wild stat to me. Uh, AG had 17, Jokic had 12. They got within three. And, you know, you, you see it, Cole and Bull lead the unit there down the stretch. The Magic extend to what, like 18, 19 point lead at one point? It's just a really impressive win. There's no other way to cut it. 
that Denver gave them their best shot when they started to take them seriously, and the Magic were able to still push them out to arm's length again. I th- They were super, super, super impressive in this game. For a team that is 23 and 34 now, I have this like irrational level of confidence mm-hmm. watching this team play. Like, So the last time that you played Denver in Denver, you lose on that three at the end of the game to Jokic. And like the first quarter, you go down 12 to zero and you're like, oh, no. Like they recognize Mm -hmm. that last time they kind of played around with their food, kind of messed around and found out, had to have a a big shot from Jokic to win that game. And now they're just going to come out and try to murder us. But in the midst of that, like it, you go down 12 to zero, you immediately start playing better as you, it was like a 22 point swing. Like you mentioned, you're down 12 and then mm. you're up 10 at the half. And in the middle of that, I was just like, I feel like really good about our odds of, of still making this a game mm. and credit to Jamal Mosley. Like we've talked about this for the entirety of the last you know season. And we're basically three quarters through the way of this one, which is insane to think about. But regardless of circumstance, regardless of deficit, this team always plays incredibly hard. They're always very confident in the fact that they are going to play them, like play themselves back into the game. And once the Magic took the lead, like I, I never really felt like this this game was in in danger. Like I always was very confident throughout the second half that the Magic were going to find a way to to hold on and win this game. And that's exactly what they did in large part again due to the performance of the second unit the starters yeah. were not all that great in this game outside of you know Wendell Carter you know Jalen Suggs had a, a decent game when you go through the plus minus for the Magic Cole Anthony yeah. in 24 minutes plus 19 Caleb Houston in 16 minutes plus 19 Mo Wagner in 19 minutes plus 18 Bull Bull in 15 minutes plus 16 like the bench unit was nothing short of fantastic that was the story for me in the game and bull bull just loves playing the denver nuggets 17 points three rebounds a block eight eight of 11 good for 72 percent from the floor and cole anthony 17 points seven rebounds seven assists three blocks like almost messed around and flirted with a triple double 57 percent for the game like the bench is just kind of continuing this trend I know we're going to talk about the the heat game in a minute where again like kind of this trend that's been going on for several weeks now of the starters not playing all that great but not like playing you necessarily like out of the game and like the bench just continues to play really really well magic took great care of the ball 10 turnovers shot 48% from the floor pretty good for the magic uh, free throw shooting Kind of a concern as of late, 12 of 19 in this game, mm-hmm. 63%. Um, but 15 offensive rebounds, really big for the Magic as well. Uh, Denver came to town, and apart from the first few minutes of the game where the Magic got down big, uh, as soon as they came back and, and took the lead, um, the Magic outplayed Denver for the rest of this game. And it was really encouraging to see because Denver is a team that has title aspirations and they knew from just a couple of weeks ago that this is not a team that you can take lightly, especially on their home floor. So I don't want to hear like, oh, they you know came in and it, it was a trap game or any of that nonsense. Like, no, like they knew what they were getting into. Teams now know 
the Magic are not a team that you want to play on any given night. Like they're a, a, a hard nosed, scrappy team. Like they're going to find a way to keep it close or to make it interesting at some point and just hats off to the Magic. Like this was a awesome, awesome win. Yeah. You you also I want to point out real quick, like you shoot thirteen more shots than the Denver Nuggets. You also have fifteen rebounds, offensive rebounds to their seven. So it it was just glaring where the Magic were able to excel in this one. And um obviously those extra shots come from um causing those turnovers and, and also limiting your own. I just yeah, like I said, already reiterating as well, like blew my mind really how great this team played yeah they were awesome all right let's talk about a game that was super fun and then it like totally wasn't at the end let's talk about this miami heat game so you and i were both in attendance for this one we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. From like the opening tip, you heard, even before the opening tip, when the heat came onto the floor for warm-ups, you heard the Miami Heat fans in Amway, which just like my blood started to boil before this game even started just because it just sucks. Like I understand why it is the way that it is, but it doesn't make it any easier for me when like my least favorite basketball team is playing my favorite basketball team and there are fans in my favorite basketball team's building cheering for their team more than 
home teams are cheering for my team. I know that's a very kind of convoluted <laughs> way to say that, but it just sucks. It's annoying and it's it's very frustrating. Now, like from the jump of this game, the Magic were all over the Miami Heat, especially like in the first half, getting up to a 17-point lead. And up until the final couple of minutes of the first half, I'm like, boy, if we can blow these dudes out and get these fans out of the game in the second half and we have a big win over the Miami Heat, this is going to be a fantastic night. Now, the last few minutes of that first half don't really go the Magic's way. And instead of having like a you know, 13, 15 point lead at the half, the lead is just eight. Uh, the, the Miami Heat shot 35% from the floor in that first half. They had nine first half turnovers and somehow the Magic only have an eight point lead. They shot 14 free throws. So defending without fouling, I mean, we're going to talk about the officiating in this game because I don't care who you ask. It very much was a factor. Uh, and then, you know, the second half, Magic shoot 38% from the floor, three of 11 from the three-point line, miss four free throws, and turn the ball the ball over eight times. Magic going overtime, and again, just not able to capitalize, not able to make shots. You end up losing this game 107 to 103. Officiating was questionable throughout this game. But I felt especially in the second half is when it was like egregious where our guys were getting mauled. You would breathe on Jimmy Butler and the whistle is blowing. Jimmy Butler, I I don't know that if he does this on a regular basis, but he would be bringing the ball up the floor and literally just like toppling over into our guys. No whistle. Like what to me, what should be an offensive foul for just like careening into a guy who is just like, you know, has every right to his spot on the floor as Jimmy Butler does. It's like throwing himself into these guys, trying to draw a whistle. It's like, what are you even doing in the first place, Jimmy? But like the rest, you suck chance on Twitter. It wasn't a couple of tweets. It wasn't a lot of tweets. It was every tweet from Magic fans was just about how terrible the officiating was. And it was terrible, Luke. It, to me, it was the worst officiated game that I've seen this season, but I don't think it tells the whole story on why the Magic lost this game. No. Um, I. <laughs> this game was super frustrating, man. This game was super frustrating because it continues that trend of like the starters are putting, you know, some games in jeopardy. And that's the case in this game as well you from an efficiency standpoint right like your your two best players Paolo and Franz shoot 10 of 31 from the field O of 8 from 3 Paolo only gets to the line to shoot four free throws which is way different than the normal eight that we're used to um and and it was just a, a frustrating thing all around there was a lot that went on in this game that you know you <laughs> you wish you could get back Jalen Suggs is just incredible in this one. And that's what really sucks about losing it. You hate when a guy has a momentum type of game that can just continue to snowball. And it still might, right? Like Jalen Suggs seems to be figuring it out. He's somehow gotten even better defensively that like we've talked about. But it's it's ridiculous. Um, 
but yeah, man, you go up 10 and then you only score six points in the final six minutes and 40 seconds of the game or of regulation, I should say. And then come overtime. I mean, I, I look, I turned to my buddy when we're quite obviously about to go to overtime and I'm like, yeah, this is over. Like, it, there's no part of me that thinks that we win this game. And and it, it, that's just because anytime you're playing just a more talented team, they have the guys that they have on their roster. They have the experience that they have. You go to overtime as a young team like us who had this lead, like had such a big lead in this game. You just writings on the wall for your team in overtime. And that's the case. But Miami jumps out to like a five or six point start in overtime. Jalen Suggs is nowhere to be seen. And, you know, a lot of times, so, you know, Mosley was asked by by Fazan, who who works with us, represented, you know, represents the show. He asked him. Did a great job, by the way. Flew in from Dallas to cover this game. And uh, it was awesome to hang out with him. But, yeah, did a great job in his kind of first game covering the, the team. And that's what I said to you guys as well. And I texted him and said the same thing was like, you know, for a kid who kid I say, cause what he's 19 um, for a kid that this is his first time covering as a credential media member, especially for the, like for this organization to come in and ask a question like he did in the post game presser. I was super proud of him. Um, and, and he did the same thing with Markel, like challenge and, bring up hard things that people maybe not don't want to ask, but everybody's thinking it. And so he did a great job at that. Anyway, he asked Mosley essentially, why didn't you go to the guys down the stretch? The the starters, I should say. And Mosley gave much the same answer that he did when he played the bench for 15 straight minutes, you know, a few games back, whenever that was to close the game out, basically saying the momentum was there. They, they had a, had a groove and I didn't want to mess it up is basically what it boiled down to. But then he was asked about Jalen Suggs and where was, you know, where was he in overtime? And he said something to the effect of, I've got to go back and look at the film and see like when maybe we should have or something to something like that. It wasn't a, Oh, Jalen wasn't cause you couldn't say Jalen wasn't giving you momentum. He couldn't say that. That wasn't an answer he could even say. And so you knew that he knew, ah, oh man, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I should have gone to Jalen. And that was the case. So, the, I mean, you're getting a game from, from Jalen where he's not only playing well defensively, like he's playing well offensively, he's making the right decisions. Everything seems to be going well. So uh, I'm frustrating all around from, from the refs to the substitutions to Paolo and Franz not playing well. It was uh, it, it sucked. I I just want to see both units in rhythm at the same time, and I we just haven't gotten to see it. Uh, something's got to change. I don't know if Jalen goes in the starting lineup and stays there, and Gary goes to the bench. I don't know what it is, but uh, it, it it might might have to happen. Something has to change. Interesting, interesting that you say that. I don't hate it. I don't know that I'm ready to to be like, yeah, let's start Jalen because you know. Gary hasn't like lit it up the last couple of games and Jalen has played well the last couple. I don't know that I'm ready to, to do all that, but to Mosley's maybe not credit, but like in his defense, Jalen played like a really long stretch to end the third and to start the fourth. Like, I feel like he played like 
13, 14 straight minutes. So like Jalen very much needed a breather, but it did feel like he should have been in the overtime period. That That's what I'm saying though, right? Like you can't also use the reasoning of like, they played 15 straight minutes because they had but a groove. They weren't really like in the first half, like sure. Mm-hmm. Like that second unit was awesome. They weren't that awesome in the second half. Nobody was that awesome for us in the second half. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is that you you can't use that like line about yeah. momentum and then say like anything about like anything other than you're right. Like I should have had Jalen in the game. The dude had momentum. He played that long stretch. You give him the breather. Let him play in overtime. I'm walking out with my friend from the game who doesn't pay too much attention to the NBA, but knows a lot about basketball. Uh, in general, just fundamentally and whatever. And he was like, all I found out tonight was that Jalen Suggs needs a bigger role. And I was like, to some extent, but that offensive, like the way he was showing out on offense is not always the case. Um, But maybe it can be, maybe it can be. I, I don't know, man. And I love Gary Harris, but, but the, the, the thought of, he needs to shoot more. There needs to be more volume is absolutely the truth. And I don't know if that's scheme or him, but it it does like, I need more from him. Like he's great defending and that's why he was able to be on the floor in overtime. But uh, Jalen's just some, such a better defender. And it's crazy to say that because Gary is like a very good defender. Yeah. I love Jalen is a a demon defender, but Jalen's nuts. Like he's, he is absolutely, and we've said this so many times. It's like special, do, special. Do we just go ahead and say it? He's an elite perimeter defender. I, I've been using the verbiage some, like he's some approaching Some of us have been saying it. You have, but I've just been scared to say it. But I, I, it, maybe it's a good moment for me. I have been saying that he is approaching that level. I think he's an elite perimeter defender in the NBA. If his offensive game comes along, and it, it might be a big if, I don't know. But you see flashes and you're like, man, if we can get just like, bottle that performance up and get just some of that every game from him. I, I, he's had great moments that game offensively, obviously hitting the big shot against Chicago. That's a, that's a big ball shot. I, that you don't get that unless you're confident. Jalen's got the tools to do it. I don't know, man, a conversation is going to start soon. If it isn't already about him getting back into that starting lineup. Back to the point about the rotations, there's a, a foul at the 839 mark. The Magic are up 84 to 79. Jalen Suggs going to the free throw line. And I'm saying now is the time. Like Miami is closing the gap. You feel the momentum swaying. And I'm saying I don't I, I don't care how many minutes they've played up to this point. Miami is on the second night of a back-to-back. Tyler Hero is still out there. Bam Adebayo is still out there. Gabe Vincent is still out there. Now is the time to go back to your starters. Like all you need to do is extend the lead a little bit, Mm. put the pressure on these guys and get them to gas out. And that point never really came. And then, then he decides to bring the starters back in. It's still a five point game, but three minutes and 20 seconds left. And now I'm like, all right, you're, you're asking these guys to come in they haven't played for like what felt like 20 minutes. Like 
Paolo gets on the floor and like starts running suicides to warm <laughs> himself up. That's how when I saw that, I'm like, that is how you know a guy has been sitting too long when he's mm-hmm. just extracurricularly running around the floor to try to get his legs going again. That's not a good mm-hmm. sign. Now, the Magic had a what was it, a nine point lead, ninety five to eighty six, with two minutes and thirty four seconds to go in this game off of a Markel Fultz elbow jumper. You need to win that game every single time. Up nine, two and a half minutes to go. Like they were, they were, I felt like they were rushing like unnecessarily when they should have been killing clock down the stretch. But people want to talk about the refs all they want. And there were egregious missed calls down the stretch. But Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, especially missed bunny after bunny, gimme after gimme in this game. And if you get anything resembling an average performance from those guys, the Magic win this game in regulation. And I think that is kind of where I want to take the conversation now. I'm also going to use it as an opportunity to throw in some Jalen Suggs propaganda. So I'm looking at the last 10 games for the Orlando Magic. First of all, Jalen Suggs in the last 10 games is shooting 47% from the floor. He's shooting 46% from the three-point line on almost three attempts per game while averaging uh, almost three rebounds, two and a half assists, and almost two steals a game. So Jalen Suggs playing well as of lately. This to me is incredibly, I don't want to say concerning, but it it just cannot happen if the Magic want to win games. In the last 10 games, Franz Wagner is scoring 13 points per game, 42% from the floor, 31% from the three-point line, shooting 66% from the free throw line. Paolo Bancaro in the last 10 games, Averaging 16.9 points per game, shooting 34% from the floor, 16% from the three-point line, 72% from the free-throw line. Franz Wagner is our fifth leading scorer over the last 10 games. It's Paolo at 16.9, Wendell at 14.7, Markel at 13.7, Mo Wagner at 13.3, and then Franz at 13.2 over the last 10 games. Moritz Wagner is giving us more on a nightly basis than Franz Wagner. That cannot happen. Now, I have a theory as to why that is, and I feel like we've been talking about it the last few episodes as we've talked about this approach up to the All-Star game. Paolo and Franz have been asked to do so much all season long, and they are running out of gas. I don't know if there are any two guys on this team that... I'll go ahead and say it. There are no two guys on this team that need this for them is going to be like a a 10-day break more than Franz and Paolo. So much so that if they came out and said they weren't playing in the Rising Stars game, I wouldn't even be mad. (laughs) I would be disappointed that we don't get to see those guys on that stage. But if they were like, no, like we are trying to do something really special in these last 23 games after the All-Star break. So we're going to take an extra day to like rest and recover and, you know, get our bodies right, I'd be like, okay, that is way more important for us. But like the magic, I tweeted this last night, they are Franz and Paolo breaking out of these slumps away from making a real push at the play-in. I believe, come back from the all-star break, they'll be refreshed, they'll be ready to go for the last 23 games, and 
we'll, we're really going to get rocking here. But if they don't, the Magic have zero chance of making the play-in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's no secret. You need those guys. You, you've you only you've gotten this far because of those guys. Um, and yeah, you, you allude to Mo Wagner and kind of giving you more on a production level than Franz Wagner, which is crazy. But he like what? He ripped off 10 straight points again last night. It just I mean, seems he's like that's playing a great. Like, I'm not trying to say like, of course, but but yeah, no, I mean, it still speaks to, you know, we expect Franz to be better than Mo. And even when Mo's playing well, so it's a it, it it's unfortunate right now. Um, you hope that that they find their legs again soon, but it's a young team. Those are young guys, and they've been shouldering a lot this season. So it, if the if the wheels fall off, they fall off, and if this is how it happens, it happens. But I I we'll see how it shakes out. So we got a win on Thursday, no win on Saturday, unfortunately, but I hope on Friday you enjoy your Papa John's, folks. Don't forget the day after every Magic Victory, you can get 50% off your online order at papajohns.com with code MAGICWIN. Luke, looking ahead, only two games this week because we've got the All-Star break this weekend. On Monday... February 13th, the Magic are in Chicago to take on Nikola Vucevic and the Chicago Bulls. That game is going to tip off at 8 o'clock Eastern. And then you head to Toronto for a back-to-back on Tuesday. Good old Valentine's Day. You're going to face the Toronto Raptors. That game tips off at 7.30 p.m. And then most of these guys are going to have a nice long 11-day break. Paolo, Franz, not 11 days. What is that going to be like? eight days, nine days, whatever, because they're going to play Friday in the Rising Stars game. And then you come back, you got 23 games to fight for that play-in spot, Luke. So let's talk about that. But what do you think the Magic do the next couple of games here? Uh, so we're looking at what, through... Just, just Monday and Tuesday. We're looking Monday at Tuesday, Chicago, yeah. looking at Toronto. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say they split. I'm going to I'm going to say that you rebound and beat the Bulls. And I'm going to say that the back-to-back gets you and Toronto and you lose that game. So, Chicago uh off tonight. Uh they played Cleveland. They've lost 3 in a row to Memphis, Brooklyn, Cleveland, you know, three you know quality teams. Um you know, the Magic got the win over Chicago you know, earlier in the year uh, than a couple of weeks ago in Orlando. You were at that game. You, you basically get killed by the great. Bulls. Mm-hmm. Not a great time. Um, Chicago, they didn't do really anything significant at the trade deadline, unless, oh. I'm, unless I'm forgetting. Now, the Raptors, after all this talk about maybe moving OG Ananobi, maybe moving Fred Van Vliet, they actually made a trade for Jakob Pearl to really like shore up their center position. They shipped out our you know good old buddy, Ken Birch. Uh, they played uh, Detroit uh, today, actually. They played Detroit. They beat Detroit at home 119 to 118. Um, also uh, lost to Utah on Friday, beat San Antonio last Wednesday. So 
they're 27 and 31, you know, what did I say? Three and a half games ahead of us, I believe. I'm I'm gonna say one and one also. Um I think I think you beat Chicago, lose to Toronto just because of the second night of a back to back. But I'm gonna say like I'm 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 like as close as you can get to saying two and zero on the week. Like I I really think the Magic are going to beat Chicago and then probably just barely lose to Toronto. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Magic go two and zero. And we're talking about these standings. Like these are kind of two games that you you have to have. Like the Heat game, it felt like you had to have that. It, it really did. Just kind of given the way other teams are performing lately, and you know, seventeen point lead at home and then a nine point lead with two and a half minutes to go like you 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 really needed to win that game these two games like you really need to win these games like i'm gonna say you need to win both of these games they're they're gonna be really important to you know the play-in hopes and if you miss the play-in obviously there's gonna be games that we can point to losing to miami in overtime losing to uh, sacramento in overtime Losing to Detroit first game of the year, uh, losing to uh, you know Denver on the you know the Jokic three. Like there's going to be you know probably eight or nine games that you can point back to and be like, this is where you lost the season. Like if these go the other way, you make the play in, and like you're going to look at these two games here and you're going to say that's the reason we made the play in or that's the reason we didn't make the play in. Uh, I I I don't think that can be overstated how important these next two games are, Luke. But then after that, again, you've got the break. And then you got 23 games. Like, that's the final stretch of the season. And we're going to see what this team is made out of. We talked on the last episode how, you know, the Magic had this awesome stretch after the All-Star break where they were just really fantastic defensively, one of the best teams in the league in terms of defensive rating. Uh, If we're going back and looking at, like, let's look at the last, 15 games here. Where did the Magic rank in turn? Last 15 games, the Magic are ninth in defensive rating in the entire NBA. So you're about to get Chuma OKK back. Jonathan Isaac, the minutes restriction just continues to kind of rise, it seems like. And this is the point of the season where the Magic should really lock in and they should be a, a top 10 defensive rated team the rest of the way. And that should be good enough to you should you should have a chance at the play in the last couple weeks of the season yeah i mean that obviously that's what we hope to be the case um i just hope everybody is staying healthy and that the defensive intensity that we've seen as of late continues and that pal and franz jump out of this little mini slump and uh we we get going because we we need them quickly and uh i don't know I, i i don't know what i expect but I expect the defense, the one thing I do expect is that the defense stays the same or gets better, which is crazy to think about. This team defense has been really great as of late. So uh, I, I hope that that we're involved in the playoff, the play-in conversation because I've said it before, but I think that this team could be a problem for any team in the play-in. And according to Tankathon, the Magic have the 21st ranked remaining strength of schedule the rest of the way. You play the Spurs once, you play the Pistons twice, you play the Hornets once, you play the Pacers once, you play the Lakers, uh, obviously you, you play the Bulls. Uh, you still have two games left against the Bucks, two against the Cavs, one against the Grizzlies, 
uh, two against the Nets, which to me is uh, going to be much more manageable than it was a couple of weeks ago with no Kyrie, no Kevin Durant, obviously. Two more against the Heat. I mean, we've had you know two games the last couple of weeks here against the Heat. Both have been winnable games. Uh, and then one against the Phoenix Suns, which that's going to be pretty tough. That one's going to be in Phoenix. Going to see our boy Terrence Ross probably, but we're also going to see Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant. So <laughs> let's get a couple of wins, head into the All-Star break. What do you say? And then you got 23 games here. What yeah. what was it? Uh, you know, Tim Tebow said, you know, at the halftime, you know, you got thirty. What was it like? Thirty minutes for the rest of your for life. The rest of your lives. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you got twenty three games for the rest of your of your lives, <laughs> at least until you know next September when preseason starts. So let's freaking win some games. Let's let's get close to the plan. That's that's really what I want. That's and you know, we we talked about you know um, just to go back to the trade deadline and one of the points that you know we made on the last episode was. This trade deadline is going to tell us all that we need to know about uh, how this front office kind of views this team right now. And they're really in a win-win situation, I think, at this point in the season. And and regardless of, I would say, what the likely outcomes are, like the likely outcomes are you missed the play-in by five or six games or you like you barely missed the play-in. Like, I think that's probably what's going to happen at this point. And both are great scenarios for the Magic. Starting five and twenty, missing the play in by five games, good outcome in my opinion. You know you've got two rock stars in Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner moving forward. You've got some other guys that you're pretty confident about. Um, or if you you know make the play in or miss the play in by one or two games, you're like, man, we were just right there. If you make the play in and you make the postseason, like you've incredibly exceeded all expectations for this season. And if you don't, you have a chance to get a high lottery pick again. We're we're playing with house money at this point. Like all I want to see the rest of the way here is these guys fight and really compete. And I will be happy with probably any outcome the rest of the way here. Likely outcomes. Something crazy happens and we win like two games the rest of the year. <laughs> Forget what I said. But I'm pretty confident that we're gonna be happy at the end of this season the way that the year went. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right, let's go ahead and sign it off. Thanks for listening, everybody. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.